0: Hi, everybody. I'm Dan Clydman, editor in chief of Yahoo News. And welcome to this bonus episode of Yahoo News' Conspiracy Land, a new podcast series on the murder of Seth Rich brought to you by Skullduggery. I'm here with my colleague and Skullduggery co host Mike Isakoff, Yahoo News' chief investigative correspondent and the host of Conspiracy Land, and Biana Golodriga, the veteran news broadcaster who's reported for ABC News, CBC News, is currently a CNN contributor, and is our former colleague at Yahoo. In these special episodes, we will tell the story behind the story of Conspiracy Land, explore the larger themes that this tangled and tragic case raises, and hear from Mike what it was like to report on the Seth Rich murder as he plumbed the depths of the dark netherworld of American political conspiracies. Each bonus podcast will be available with the episode it corresponds to. Today we are discussing Episode 3, Fake News Theater. An amazing cast of characters in uh, in episode three. Uh, Tell us about Jack Berkman. Let's start there.
1: Jack Berkman is this Washington lobbyist. He's been around for years, uh, sort of known as something of a gadfly who loves publicity and, uh, you know, has a a tendency to make absurd and outrageous claims that are going to get him on TV. A few years ago, he was pushing legislation to ban gay athletes from the NFL. So no no gays can play professional football. He described it as a matter of common decency. Obviously, nobody was going to endorse such a bill, but it got Berkman FaceTime on TV, and he craves FaceTime on TV. So he, right after Seth Rich's murder saw this as a vehicle to inject himself in a big way. He reaches out to the Rich family, offers a $105,000 reward for information about the murder of Seth Rich. That was four times more than what the D.C. police was uh, offering. So the Rich family agreed and they agreed to have a press conference with him and this is in November of 2016. From there he basically tries to take over the case. He uh, launches his own investigation into it he hires an investigator and then he proceeds to do a filmed reenactment of the Seth Rich, Murder, and that's something that really horrifies the family. A staged reenactment of their son's death—that was not what they had in mind. It's important it's not to what remind they listeners they
2: did not authorize this.
1: They did not authorize it. They first learned that this is what Jack Berkman planned to do at the joint press conference
2: they're having with
0: them. Uh, uh, you know, in the neighborhood, and he makes up scenes out of well,
1: the law the, the, the reenactment is just absurd. I mean, it's just completely absurd. He. Uh, you know, he has a scene where. Seth Rich is calling Julian Assange, offering these emails, uh, totally made up. He has a scene where Seth Rich goes to see Natalia Veselnitskaya. Remember you know, her name? Remember <laughs> that name? The Russian <laughs> lawyer who was at the Trump Tower meeting to offer the dirt on Hillary Clinton to Don Jr. So, you know, suddenly uh, there's Seth Rich meeting with Natalia Veselnitskaya. Who does In, not speak English. Who does not speak any English, does doesn't have an office in Washington, but they're in the the Jack Berkman produced reenactment. Knock, knock, knock. Come in. You know, I'm, I'm Seth Rich from the DNC. Oh, we know who you are, says Natalia Veselnitskaya to Seth Rich. It's completely made up fantasy. And yet this is what Berkman is doing. He says to help the family find the murderers of their son. But you know.
2: Is he a conspiracy theorist? Oh, or is yeah.
1: Big, as he says in the, in the podcast, in the state. I'm a big believer in the deep state.
2: And, you know, I had to Google him because obviously the name sounded familiar, but I couldn't put a face to it. And when you do, he's a very recognizable thing. Oh, yeah. People yeah. see him on TV all the time. Yeah. And the fact that he's able to get so much airtime given right. the uncorroborated and made-up stories that he's spewing. Right. right, That'll bring us to another conversation later on, the role of media and, right. and so-called news in all of this. Yeah. But I think a lot of people, if they take the time to Google him, will say, oh, I know him. I recognize yeah. Yeah, him.
1: Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, I
2: think I've been on TV shows myself
1: yeah. with him years ago. You know, he would, right. he would pop Which
2: gives up. him that credibility yeah, it's a that really... the Rich family would then agree to go along with exactly. him on. Exactly. It's yeah.
0: a really important point, Bianca, because... Uh, Wittingly or not, we are giving these people platforms by putting them on the air.
1: Right. And there's, you know, the more outrageous you are, you know, the more you can get media attention. It's pretty sad. But, you know, look, there's a sort of uh, delicious divine justice uh, that ends the episode where he's, you know, yearning for other stuff, other evidence of corruption, and then gets this anonymous, has this anonymous informant who uh, offers him the uh, internal FBI emails showing corruption at the FBI and offering to give it to him in a garage. You know, he goes to the garage. This is right seen at this him. Movie oh, before. Oh, yeah, in in fact, you have <laughs> right. yes, many times. Some of us <laughs> have seen that movie, "All the President's Men," and uh, of course, after uh, a number of these visits to the garage, he ends up getting. Shot in the ass by his informant, who turns out to be the guy he hired to investigate the Seth Rich case. he's making it it his own
0: petard. Yes. Uh, but there's a darker side to this as well, which uh, I think a lot of people will remember the name Pizzagate. Yes. Comet Pizza. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is, you know, people forget this was all at the same time. Seth Rich and Pizzagate are all coming together at the same time. And, of course, Pizzagate, you know, the the claim that there was a, a secret dungeon in this popular D.C. pizza parlor. Not far from yeah, our homes not, uh, not far from our homes where, you know, we've both been, I'm sure, many times. And um, this was spawned by some of the Podesta emails which supposedly had coded language about sex trafficking in the basement of Comet Pizza. And it inspires, you know, one gullible guy from North Carolina to drive up from, you know, with an AK-47 and barge into the restaurant to save those trafficked children in the basement when, in fact, there was no basement. And uh, we use um, Jack Pasobic, another one of these Internet guys, a guy who was uh, active in a group called Citizens for Trump and then somehow managed to get a White House press pass who does a lot live stream about Pizzagate and he goes in to investigate on his own, he gets kicked out, and what does he say when he gets kicked out? Well, they're gonna try they you know, they can't Seth Rich me. Mm-hmm. Seth Rich has become shorthand for a political murder in the world of these conspiracists.
2: And you confront these people, in particular, Jack Berkman, with facts. Yes. Uh, Jack says that, in according to his source, that no. Seth Rich was killed at a certain time at a different location. Yeah, he
1: says he was brought to George Washington Hospital. We have the death certificate. No, it was wrong. You know, Berkman was contending there was all sorts of secrecy going on, and people at GW Hospital were, you know, concealing evidence of the murder, him about Natalia Veselnitskaya, the scene, the, you know, confront him about all these scenes. And what does he end up saying? What's his final defense in the podcast? In some ways, it's pretty revealing. He said, Well, you know, it's entertainment. You know, Michael, 50 everything, 50,
2: right? Oh, well, 50? Oh, that's
1: his motivation. Right. What was his motivation? Is for, you know, well, for, part of it was my own animal desires to improve my image, right? And then the other was uh, half was to do good. But the that's entertainment which he says as his ultimate defense for this nonsense film that he made about the reenactment is, um, you know, I think pretty telling. Very troubling.
0: You introduced a term that I was not familiar with, but it says a lot about the role of social media in spreading these conspiracy Mm -hmm. theories. It's Mm -hmm. the... The super, the super. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Actually, yeah. Peter Singer, who's interviewed in the podcast. He's a fellow at the New America Foundation. He's written a book about how news spreads on the Internet. It's called like war. But he says, you know, the key he said he can analogizes it to public health. We all have Twitter accounts. We all have Facebook accounts. We all tweet. But there are some people who are bigger and more important than others in the world of social media. And they're the super spreaders, the people with the large followings who, when they tweet something, you know, go out to this vast audience for retweets and likes and all the other ways that social media spreads. And Posobiec did this ridiculous Pizzagate live stream which goes on YouTube and gets 600,000 views on YouTube. So that, you know, it just shows, he is a super spreader. He is a guy who took these conspiracy theories and amplified them in a huge way.
0: One of the words I keep thinking about as I listen to your podcast is impunity. It seems to me that the people who are responsible for spreading these lies and doing the harm that they do, do so with impunity. Absolutely, there doesn't seem to be much no accountability. Right? There
1: are no consequences. Social media is like the wild west. I mean, there's no accountability. There's no enforcement of norms. You're starting to see Facebook and YouTube, you know, trying to take stuff really step down up, right? under pressure from Congress. But you know, there is so much garbage that just. Is just circulates out there all the time and it's defaming people's reputations it's impugning people's motives it's casting doubt on all of our institutions and it's part of this sort of very invidious collapse of democratic norms that we've seen in recent years.
2: And remind us uh, that law enforcement and the role of law enforcement throughout all of this is minimal because they can't comment on an ongoing investigation. Right. right.
1: So like one of the things that fuels the conspiracy theories is Berkman, self-appointed investigator, goes to the police and says, show me the ballistics reports. Give me all your evidence. And you know, D.C. police say we're not going to give you our evidence. This is, you know, we don't want this publicized because when we catch the person who did it or the person we think might have done it, we don't want them to have read about what the evidence is. It could taint their testimony. This is standard law enforcement techniques. I mean, you know, the FBI, the Justice Department, police departments don't talk about sensitive evidence in ongoing investigations unless it has an investigative purpose. And for somebody like Berkman to demand that he have access to the evidence was, you know, ridiculous on its face. But then when it's denied, aha, you see, they're
0: covering something up. Well, as we move forward to some of these uh, next bonus episodes, we'll be talking about how uh, this is not just the domain of, of cranksters and, and hucksters, um, but actually something that the mainstream media and one network in particular was uh, very involved in. So look forward to talking to you in the next bonus episode. Great. Thanks. What is the true source of the Seth Rich conspiracy theory and who should be held accountable? Join us as we get to the bottom of it at news.yahoo.com/conspiracyland and subscribe to Conspiracyland on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts.